Hey guys, and welcome back to 60Bcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about Dollhouse with Season 1, Episodes 9 and 10, A Spy in the House of Love, and Haunted. Today I have a special guest with me. It is Stephanie Smith from Confessions of an Internet Addict. As most of you know, I was a guest on her podcast last week, so we brought her on this week to talk a little bit more about Dollhouse. Hey Justin, thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for having me last week. No problem. So do we want to start out with... Episode 9, A Spy in the House of Love. Um, what did you think of this episode, just in general? Um, I thought this was a great episode because I love the nonlinear and just the uh, not the non-traditional way of telling a story. I, I agree with you. I, I like that Josh does those things. He kind of keeps you guessing throughout the episode. Even though it's kind of a straightforward episode, you're still trying to piece it all in your head as it happens. It's you see Echo's imprint, and you see Melly's imprint, and you're trying to kind of place it in the right timeline in your head. So um, I thought that was interesting that he shot it this way. Yeah. Now, of course, the first imprints we see are we're, we're following Echo, and we have uh, Miss Lonely Hearts. Now, we've heard a little bit about this before. Did you expect that this would be a big part of the series, or did you think this was kind of another just another, I guess, client that the dollhouse was bringing in. Yeah, I thought it was just a joke. I didn't think that it would ever become anything. And obviously it did, which was yeah. a little later. And I, I like how in this episode at the beginning, we see Echo listening to Dominic and Adele's conversations and Claire and Boyd and even asking Topher to change her uh, to help because she kind of notices how everything's happening. I liked this better than I liked the glitching echo that we saw in the first five episodes. I thought it worked a lot better for the story and for her character, as opposed to Echo goes on an engagement, she's something goes wrong. I mean, she ends up fixing it, but still, it's it was a little better storytelling. Yeah. So first off, in the what do they call the room where the chair is? Uh, the imprint room, I guess. The imprint room. So Echo sees that uh, there's a something going on in the imprint room that somebody's being wiped it looks like against their wheel and uh there's a gunshot and echo is trying to figure out what's going on she's trying to she's talking to people in the dollhouse trying to to figure out what's going on yeah I, i like that again showing that it wasn't the glitching echo it was more her becoming self aware and her even after needs when they were supposedly i guess supposed to quit evolving all right, so Melly gets imprinted November. Yes. And she go she goes home to her apartment and Paul is like obsessed and paranoid and he's gonna like he's just determined to take down the dollhouse and he's scaring her. He is. You can kinda tell that he's unraveling personally. He's just you know, he's got all the papers on the wall and he's got the maps and trying to find the dollhouse and You can tell his apartment's a mess. He obviously hadn't had a shower in a while. So Mm -hmm. you can tell that without her there, he's going a bit crazy without her to kind of ground him. Yeah. And then as they start to get kind of intimate, that's when she... The the big reveal. The big reveal. The the sleeper spy, she gives her message to Paul that she's been imprinted with. So that's what's going... And then you realize that's what's going on in the dollhouse, that... Somebody inside the dollhouse is is putting is sneaking imprints in these people to help bring down the dollhouse, and you don't know who it is. 
Exactly. And I think that's kind of where we realize what exactly happened in that front part where Echo was seeing the person get shot and you know, seeing the imprint room. We realized that obviously they're not going in the correct timeline and they've obviously found the spy, whoever it was, though we don't know exactly who it is yet. Right. Because uh, Melly tells uh, Paul <clears throat> to quit investigating what the dollhouse is, but investigate what its purpose is. Exactly, which is the same thing that Echo told Paul in episode six. Oh, okay. In Men on the Street. At the very end, um, the spy had placed an imprint in her also to kind of tell him the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, and I like seeing her after when she's first imprinted inside the dollhouse. I like seeing her come out of the chair and see Echo inside the dollhouse but not really understanding how she knows her. She's Melly at that point, but she's still a doll. So I liked that they showed us a little bit about that because, you know, it's kind of iffy that these characters are, you know, Melly, who's supposed to be helping Paul find the dollhouse, you know, comes out of the chair inside the dollhouse. How would she not know that? And so... That's what I was... I was trying to figure out how does... When Melly is taken out of the dollhouse and taken to her apartment, how does she rationalize where she just came from? And and that's that's what I liked. And they didn't really explain it to you, but they kind of gave you hints as it's almost like in episode one where we saw Echo dancing in the first imprint that she had. And at the end of the engagement, she just stopped and had a need to go back to the van. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of to do with that, is that mm-hmm. there's just something in them that they know when to start the engagement and they know when to stop it, and they really don't remember. Oh, okay. Everything that I mean, makes I, sense. That's my take on it. I mean, I could be wrong, um, but that's my take on it since it was never really explained. Okay. Okay, so the next imprint is Sierra, and she is sent to the NSA building, and she, that was really cool how she impersonates another employee. I like that as well, and I know this, again, is kind of, I think, what Fox wanted the show to be in the beginning, that had that alias-type feel to it. Yeah. And I may have watched Alias if Deach and Lackman had played the lead character. Um, I'm not a big Jennifer Garner fan, but... I liked this little scenario, and if you'll remember back to when the show was being promoted, this was the main scene that was shown, and it was probably the least important of the imprint shown. You know, a lot of them had big reveals, and this one really didn't. But that's what Fox wanted to air was kind of the action portion of the episode. Yeah. So, but but I did like it, and I I thought she did well with it. And obviously, so- I, I know on Twitter you liked her shoes. Yes, great shoes. <laughs> so, so Fox wanted Dollhouse to be an action show. They really did. They, it originally was set to air on Monday nights after twenty four. Um, Eliza Dishku had went to you know on Jimmy Kimmel and, and talked about it being Fox wanting to amp up the action as opposed to the original pilot, which was a little more laid back. Though I thought it was better. Um, so that's kind of what they wanted out of the show. And I think that was the main problem that they never really marketed it well, because mm-hmm. once they saw what the show was, they're like, okay, we'll stick you on Friday nights and see how you do, but we're not going to give you a big spot because this isn't what we were hoping for. 
Mm-hmm. Not that it was a bad show, just not the type of show that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I was Twitter. I was talking to uh, what's his name, Ashley. Oh, it was one of the writers of the Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh-huh. and what he was saying was. Um, Fox didn't want to give them the money to make the show. I think that's what it is. I think Fox wants action shows, but they don't want to give the money for the budget of an action show. You can't do action on a shoestring budget. Yeah, it's it's very hard. And I know Joss does well with that, you know, seeing Epitaph 1 and things, but still, it's hard to do a weekly series like Dollhouse or like the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, because watching Sarah Connor Chronicles, I would think if somebody wants an action show and they tune into this, they're going to be disappointed because it's not. It's more of a character-driven show. And and that's what I really love. I I didn't watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but that's the kinds of shows that I like, like Battlestar Galactica and Mm -hmm. things like that. Because, yes, it's a space adventure. Yes, it's an action show. But at the end of the day, if you don't have good characters, Mm -hmm. then what's the point of the show? And, and I think shows like Dollhouse and Battlestar Galactica and things, they may be genre-type shows, but they do a good job of bringing the characters to the forefront as opposed to the big blow-up scenes or the mm-hmm. motorcycle chases or <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So the Sierra imprint is headed to the NSA to recover a document that supposedly is going to let us in on the identity of the mole inside the dollhouse. But we don't know that it was planted. We don't. We don't at this point know it was planted. We think that whoever is on this document is the mole. And of course later we find out who the mole is and who planted the document inside the NSA. But at this point we're still just kind of following Sierra to try to figure out who's putting these things in the imprints. Okay. And okay, and then the next imprint is Victor, and it's a fake off because he he's you think he's going to Miss Lonely Hearts, and then he goes to this house, and an old lady answers the door, but he's only there to get in a car and drive to where the real Miss Lonely Hearts is. Exactly, and thank God because that lady was like ninety. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> that would have been disgusting. Exactly, exactly. But I, I liked this. This imprint or this part of the episode was probably the best and the worst for me because Mm -hmm. I liked seeing a different side to Adele. Up to this Mm -hmm. point, we've kind of seen her as the harsh leader, which she has to be to run the dollhouse, but we haven't really seen any other side to her. She's kind of a one-note character up to this point. We haven't really seen any emotion from her. We haven't seen much. But here we see her that she's just a normal person, that she's Mm -hmm. strong, sure, but, you know, we see her breaking down here, and we see her kind of letting Victor in, mm-hmm. telling him well, about and, the dollhouse and things like that. Yeah, you're starting to see the humanity in DeWitt, that she's uh, a real, like you said, a real person. And that she puts on this facade of being tough. Exactly, and you kind of needed that. If her character was going to end the way she did in Epitaph 2, kind of leading mankind back to what they were, you needed that softer side because if not, you're just going to want kind of her life almost for doing all this and treating all these people so bad. But mm-hmm. this kind of gave her a humanity that you could relate to and you could 
like the character more as yeah, opposed you to could. just the cold leader. Yeah, because she wanted to. They were talked about running away together, and you know, it kind of gave you the idea that she's kind of trapped in the dollhouse too. Exactly, and you can tell when she talks about she used to do cutting edge science and with stem cells and create organs to help people, but it's almost like she started out there and somehow got roped into doing this thing in the dollhouse, and now she's got nowhere to go. She can't. She can trust people to a point. But I think that's why she talks to Victor so much in this episode and why she keeps coming back to him. I'm, I'm sure for the sex, too, but mainly just so she could have someone to talk to, so she could tell him about her day and she could be 100% truthful with him because knowing as soon as he gets back to the dollhouse, that's erased. And mm-hmm. he could never tell anybody. Yeah. So, so I liked that a lot. But I also felt that the episode kind of stalled here a bit, too. When they were talking in the bed, it mm-hmm. it was a little slow. I think they could have edited that a little better to kind of, because the episode had a really good pace. But minus, they probably could have cut out a couple minutes of that conversation. I mean, it was good for the story. It was good for the character. But as far as the flow of the episode, I think it stalled just a bit before we well, get on to our next well, improv. Well, I didn't like the fencing. I mean, why fencing? Yeah, I, I can <laughs> tell what they were doing. I mean, she's British. She's you know, rich. So, I I mean, I can, I can see why, but again, you know, they could have cut some of this stuff out, you know, just, just a little bit, just maybe a minute or two to kind of keep the flow a little better, which again, the episodes were longer than normal episodes because Fox was doing their limited commercial breaks, the remoteless TV thing that was throughout dollhouse season one. So yeah, it did get 50 minutes, 51 minutes, as opposed to the general 44. So I, I guess that can account for a little of the the lag in there. Mm-hmm. So this is where uh, Echo goes to Topher, and she volunteers. She wants to help, and she wants him to... Uh, to imprint her. It is, to imprint her. We saw it at the beginning of the episode, but of course we know it really happens toward the end of the episode. Um, but we see her, and again, I like that evolving Echo sort of showing where she's going. Well, and showing that that is her character, too. That's Caroline. It, it that, is that kind of curiosity and, you know, wanting to help everybody, I guess you yeah. could say. Like we saw at the end of Needs, everybody else leaves to save themselves, but she goes back in to save them, knowing that it's probably not going to happen. She's probably not going to get them out, but she still has to try. Otherwise, she would not never really feel right about it. Yeah. So I think that gives us a little better insight to Caroline as well. Yeah. So uh, so Echo is imprinted with, uh, what is she, is she an NSA agent? What is she imprinted with? She's imprinted with sort of a Sherlock Holmes type spy to kind of interview the members of the dollhouse to... And to be able to evaluate their body language and... Exactly, and, and kind of just read a person basically from their speech, their tone to their body language and figure out who the spy is before Sierra gets back with the document. And, you know, I really like this part because she interviewed each of the employees, and it was a an in-depth look at, at their character and what was going on, like with Topher and Boyd and Dr. Sanders and Ivy. and Yeah, it, it did, um, especially with Dr. Saunders and Topher. You know, you kind of see Topher's God complex again coming out, that he's... He knows how good he is. He knows how smart he is, and he's not afraid to show it. 
but the second that anybody second guesses him or won't tell him how good he is, is he, he worries about that because he wants everybody to think he's the best there is. So again, that was good showing his character. Mm-hmm. As well as with Dr. Saunders, because this is where we first start seeing her reveal his whiskey. You know, being a doll herself, because the one thing that Echo brings up is the fact that Dr. Saunders never leaves the dollhouse. She's always there, and she gives a good explanation for it as far as there could be an emergency at any point, but it again kind of plants that seed for later on down the road when we see her actually being a doll. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I just felt that it was because of her like post-traumatic stress the reason she didn't leave the dollhouse exactly yeah and i think that's what they wanted us to think but of course we know exactly why she never leaves the dollhouse she's (laughs) probably not allowed Mm. but yeah i'm sure that's what they wanted us to think was that after alpha it was just with her scars and everything she had no desire to leave Mm mm-hmm um, and I liked to see, again, we've seen Echo and Dominic's relationship throughout season one. And I, I like to see her being the one to prove that he was the spy. Even after Sierra comes in with a document and Ivy's implicated, it was nice to see her picking up that he was the one who was the actual spy. Now, why did he try to kill her? He was going to try... In this episode or which episode? Because he's trying to kill no, her like, a lot. <laughs> in uh, like True Believer. In True Believer, he really wanted to kill her, I think, because he saw her as another alpha. He saw that she was evolving past the imprints. She was remembering. She was glitching pretty much every episode at that point and not doing what the dollhouse had pretty much implanted her to do, but doing what she wanted to do and what she thought was right. So I think that's kind of why he wanted to get rid of her, um, was to kind of, I guess he was the security agent, and last time Alpha went crazy, it it took out a bunch of people. Oh, okay. So, I'll buy that then. I, I could be wrong, but that, that was kind of my take on why he hated her so much, because he always threw up the attic for her. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's that's cool how we saw her being the one that, got him into the attic as opposed to him being the one that got her into the attic. Yeah. So I thought that was a good twist. And they did set up the attic as being very, uh, the attic was just a terrible place to go. They did. They talked about it being like a mental suck, just not ever having a thought. It's, you know, that feeling on the tip of your tongue where you know something, but you can't ever speak it. You can't ever think it and it'll never come to you. So it seemed like a pretty pretty rough place. Mm-hmm. And obviously just being put into the dollhouse when he was put into the chair, that didn't, that didn't seem like a good thing either. Yeah. And I liked their conversation in the van after Adele's kind of saw Dominic was the spy and broke down in front of Victor. I liked the echo in Dominic scene in the van where he's saying that, you know, he's not going to be around to see it. But she's eventually going to wipe the dollhouse. She's eventually going to erase them as opposed to them erasing her. So I thought that was a good foreshadowing for season two. Mm. And so we see that DeWitt was the one that she was just grazed by the gunshot. And that's where the blood came from. And, she uh, was. And while they were uh, shelving 
or when they were putting Dominic in the attic, and she she said to shelve the Roger imprint that Miss Lonely Heart decided it was unwise to continue the. She did. She did. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the episode, we see Echo getting a new handler as Boyd is kind of upgraded to uh, head of security to take Dominic's place. But, of course, the whole time, I'm not sure why they let Boyd into the room, because the whole time Echo's staring at him while she's supposed to be right. connecting with this new handler. So, you know, that that's not going to go too well. Right. And, you know, Boyd is, and I noticed in this episode, he is the moral compass. He is, every time they're going to do something, he's the, one, he's the one that questions it. Is this the right thing? Is this what we should be doing? Especially during his interview as well. Mm-hmm. He kind of showed the same thing, that he was almost morally too good for the dollhouse, which kind of makes you always wonder why he was there in the first place, which, of yeah. course, we end up seeing. And I like that reveal at the end of season two because you always wondered why would an ex-cop willingly with who seems to be the most moral character of the show Mm -hmm. willingly come into the dollhouse to kind of pimp out these people so it it was nice to see that reveal at the end of season two Mm -hmm. all right so we'll move on to episode 10 which is haunted this episode is pretty much an episode of the week type story going back to similar to episodes one through five. It did have some good moments, but I have to say it wasn't my favorite episode of the season. Well, this episode, it was, the theme of it was life after death, because, like, I think in this episode, Boyd questions, you know, is this something, is this moral, is this what we should be doing? Uh, Extending a a person's life beyond uh, their body. And you know, when this aired, when the first time I watched it, I hated this episode because this was not what I wanted Dollhouse to be because this was like a procedural. It was they trot out the the suspects mm-hmm. and they and they give you reasons why this person could be the suspect, why this person could have done it, or this person, you know. And then they they fake you off. They they make you they lead you to believe that it's this person when it really ends up being the person that you least expect. Yeah. And I just thought that was cheap, it, too it, cheap for for Dollhouse. It was almost like a murder she wrote episode. Yeah. Um, it was kind of bland as far as the main storyline that's going on with Echo, but it, it did have some some big things in it, especially kind of showing things to come again with the life after death thing and taking these people who they said would only give five years of their life, but now they're giving away their bodies to anybody who has a paycheck. So, uh, um, and it's like season two is pretty much what happens in Epitaph 2, and it's kind of the end of man showing that these people who have a big enough pocket can live on forever, while the smaller people, the normal people, are just going to pretty much die off, and it's just going to be, I guess, survival of the richest. Mm-hmm. So it, it did have a good theme to show, even though it was more of a standalone episode. Well, I, but watching it again, I really enjoyed it because uh, Eliza Dushku does a great job acting like a different person. And I really bought that she was Margaret. She really does. And I was, I was watching it today. And even the scene where they're walking into the funeral and they're outside the church, if you watch them standing next to each other, her and Adele, you sort of 
they walk step for step, just like each other. They, you can tell she's kind of almost mimicking that as that type of person. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did. I thought she did a really great job. And I think this episode is a lot like season two, uh, episode Instinct, which where Eliza is imprinted as the mother. It's, again, not everybody's favorite episode, but what it shows is uh, just standout performance from Eliza. And that's, that's kind of what people remember it for, not necessarily the plot of the episode, but how well she did in the role. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I really liked Topher and uh, Sierra in this episode as well. That they This was probably my favorite Sierra imprint uh, <laughs> of all the seasons. I, I love their interaction. Well, wouldn't that be like the the ultimate, you know, fantasy for a geek is to exactly. take I mean, a gorgeous woman and geek her up and then you spend a day doing all kinds of nerdy exactly. stuff. I mean, this is what I need for the dollhouse, from the dollhouse. <laughs> that's right what here. that's what would that's what you would order. That's what I would order. That that girl right there. <laughs> so, um <laughs> not that I would order from the dollhouse. I, I, I'm I'm morally better than that. <laughs> but um but yeah, I really liked her in this episode. I liked the laser tag scenes. And I think it again as the last episode so showed the humanity of Adele. This episode kind of showed the humanity of Topher. It showed a different side to him, a real side to him as opposed to the Topher we've seen in every episode. He's always been kind of the I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you type. But this mm -hmm. episode you just see the down to earth real person that gets sad because he's alone that just wants, you know, to kind of be a normal person, even though he is this genius. Yeah, it does. It shows his isolation. Ex exactly. And I think, again, that helps show the progression of his character to Epitaph 2 as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, Echo is Margaret, who Margaret's uh, Adele's friend. She and is. Echo is wearing some great shoes to the funeral. <laughs> you notice the shoes always. I love those shoes. <laughs> the best thing about Dollhouse is apparently it the shoes. Y'all, you guys remember that. <laughs> but yes, and I, I liked their scenes together, uh, Echo and Adele's. They were pretty emotional, and it it showed again the emotional side of Adele losing her best friend. So. Yeah. And you know, uh, Margaret got to see how everybody really felt about her. Yeah, which is something I definitely wouldn't want to do. Yeah. And see, the first time I watched it, I was like, well, she seems like a very nice person. Why, why do all these people hate her? But I really, on this viewing, I realize she regrets the things that she did. She regrets how she acted, and she's acting different. She does. She's almost trying to change their opinions with that one last day she has with them. Mm -hmm. She's ends up, you know, saying how sad she was that, she didn't go to her daughter's photography classes or that she maybe pushed her son too hard when he was 12 to be a Wall Street person. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gave her a second chance. I know it was probably hard for her to hear all those things of how much they disliked her and the fact that her son tried to kill her. But it again kind of gave her a little redemption, I think. Yeah. And she was expecting to be murdered. She was a that she had been going to the dollhouse for like a year and a half to have her her brain scanned. Exactly. She was apparently a little paranoid, which I guess for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I thought that was 
a nice thing to show that you could scan these people, these real people, because th at this point they haven't really told us where these imprints are coming from. They haven't told us much about, you know, we eventually learned that it scans from, all the scans from Rossum, but we really don't know how many people they're taking these imprints that they make into one. They don't, we don't know how many people they're coming from, if these people are dead or alive, or how they do it. So I thought that was good to show kind of the tech side of the dollhouse as well to show that they could map a regular person mm -hmm. and just completely put one whole person into a new body. Mm -hmm. So Paul and Melly are having a date and, uh, and they start t to get intimate. And this was very disturbing to me how Paul was acting. I I'm with you because he almost, I know Melly was a doll, but she didn't know she was a doll. So right. he's, he's kind of taken all this anger. I know he was hurt. I mean, you could tell in the last episode after she tells him that she's a doll, she gives him the doll, the message. And you can tell that almost like, really? Like, I don't have anybody in my life that's not a doll. That's not that this place hadn't placed into my life. So you can tell, I know he's upset for that, but I don't think it was right of him to have such disdain for Melly. Yeah, it was, he almost like mistreated her. Exactly. But, you know, she's, of course, not knowing she's a doll. She's sitting here thinking, what have I done? But obviously he's not the most mentally stable either, as we saw in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But the sex scene with them two and kind of how he treats her, to me, didn't make him any better than the dollhouse clients that he's talking so bad about. Right. He was treating her like she was a non-person. Exactly. And like in episode six, Man on the Street, he's dogging Joel Minor, who just kind of wanted to relive that day with his wife who he lost. He wanted to kind of give her that happy day. And I know that was, it's still the dollhouse is still wrong. But compared to what he does to Melly and what Joel Minor did, I mean, to me, Ballard looks worse. Mm -hmm. But it it also again I know all this foreshadowing I think uh, I think that's the main word I like to use in these podcasts but <laughs> it kind of shows where he goes because in episode eleven getting closer when him and Melly are finally together and after he's imprinted as a doll he kind of shows that they are real people and although he didn't believe that in the beginning and it took him time to realize that you know even in episodes where he wouldn't have sex with Echo because he says that she's not a real person. But in the end, you know, he comes around and he realizes that these people may not have been born like everybody else, but at the end of the day, they are real people. Yeah. So I guess it does show character progression, although I'm with you on this disturbing <laughs> scene. Yeah. And again, I liked the scene moving back to Echo. I liked the scene when they were in the living room and everybody was kind of dogging Margaret to Echo. And, and you know she's Margaret and she's listening to, you know, how these people talk about her. And I, I liked that to kind of show, you know, she ends up with a little redemption at the end. And I think that scene helped push her there. So somebody was uh, was injecting the horses with with drugs and that and they were injecting her too and that's what killed her it, it was we find out of course that we're not sure who was going to end up with the horses but whoever 
was was trying to make sure that they were worth some money. So she, Margaret. So that's up, why we thought that it was his, we thought it was going to be the husband because she left the horses to the husband. But really, he was upset that she did because he didn't know anything about the horses, and and thought that it was was not a a good gift for her to give him. But really, it was because these were her most treasured things. Exactly. And I think if she would have explained that in her will a little better, he may not have been so upset. But I think, you know, he she was showing that I know you're not here for the money. I know you're here because you love me no matter if you're 20 years younger or what my children or my brother think of you. You know, I can't, I know you're here, so I'm going to give you these horses, these, this thing that I love, and I want you to take care of them. But I think he saw it as almost a shaft. Yeah, I can't believe I get these horses. I know nothing about them. I don't want them. I don't want to deal with them. And of course, that's when we see him trying to sell them. And Victor, who's been imprinted by Boyd, tells him. Who sounds like he's from Kentucky. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, One of the many sides of Enver lets him know that they've been drugged. And that's when you realize that it's not him because he has no idea, you know, what that means he doesn't know anything about horses he wouldn't know how to drug them if he wanted to he mm-hmm. wouldn't know that that would give them more money in the end mm-hmm. he's just upset and trying to get rid of them so her brother is an alcoholic and they're estranged haven't talked in a long time and so you think that it could be he could be the exactly they're pretty much giving you reasons why all these people you find out that her son's been in debt and you find out that her brother they haven't talked, and he just suddenly shows up the day before she died, and the husband's mad about the horses. So they're really giving you a lot of options as to who the killer could be. Mm-hmm. And then her son realizes that that is his mother. Yes. Beca- he, because he knows about the dollhouse because he's been a customer before. Yeah, when, back when he had money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he does. He realizes that it's his mother and kind of tricks her into, you know, you see the breakdown of her husband after he figures out the horses has been drugged. So you think, okay, well, it's the husband. He's beating things. He's chasing them. But you kind of see the son trick his mother into writing a note saying that the husband was the one that did it. He drugged the horses he drugged and killed me. And, of course, we learn that it is the son trying to get out of debt. Yeah, he was uh, coercing her to write a, a note. So the note would be in Margaret's handwriting and date it for before she died, uh, telling that it was her husband. That it, you know, if you're if you're reading this, I'm dead, and the person that killed me was my husband, basically. Exactly, because he's been drugging these horses. But you figure out that in case the horses were left to the sun. That's why he had been drugging them the entire time to make them worth more money and to make them race ready. So he's again just trying to get out of his debts and killing his mother and getting his inheritance was the way to do it. That is low down that you have to hate, you know, to, you have to be pretty desperate and hate your mother really bad to be able to, to kill her. Exactly. I mean, I know, I get, you know, people do strange things when they're in debt. They get upset. I understand mm-hmm. that. But, and even if you don't love your mother, even if you don't have a good relationship, killing your mother is pretty... That's pretty tough. Exactly. And, of course, we see in the end 
he does get captured. He goes to jail, and Eliza or Echo writes a new will for Margaret's family, and kind of has a different tone to the will mm-hmm. to kind of almost right some of the wrongs that she had done. Yeah. And I have to say, Eliza Dushku in that gold dress was nice. Yeah. Just have to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was nice. Well, and it was nice because Margaret got a second chance to, to let her family know how she felt. She may have felt these things before, but feeling them and saying them are, are two different things. Mm-hmm. So, again, that was good that she got to actually let them know that she loved them and she was sorry for sort of some of the bad things that she had done. Mm-hmm. And I liked at the end when Adele and Echo, you know, Echo's getting re-imprinted as a doll and they're pretty much erasing Margaret. So it's probably the last time we're going to see her. And again, I thought that was a good human scene for Adele because you can really see her tear up. And That was very touching. It, it was. It was. I was very moved by that scene. That was very sad. She was able to tell her friend goodbye. Yeah, I mean, if she had just died, she would have never, like she said, she hadn't talked to her in a month before death. Mm-hmm. So she got closure as well. So I, I, I liked that scene a lot. And again, to help humanize Adele, I thought it was mm-hmm. a great scene. Yeah, I never thought, in the beginning, I never thought that they would be able to, like you said, humanize Adele because she was so cold and icy. She was, and going back to the last episode, she can go in and out of it so well because Mm -hmm. when she's talking to Dominic before they put him into the attic and he's saying the NSA is going to come after me, they're going to look for me, and she just goes straight up to him and goes and says... Well, you'll come out, you'll tell them that you're fine, and we'll put you back in your box. And she was just so cold when she mm. said that. It was like she had no emotion for this character, who she's been friends with for three-plus years. But then, of course, you see her going straight into the room where Victor is, and you see her break down. Mm-hmm. So they did, they did a really great job at kind of doing a 180 on her character. Because yeah, she, it was very believable. It, it was. She always fit the character they needed her to be in the beginning, the cold leader of the dollhouse. But to kind of progress, I thought they did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. All right. So what would you rate a spy in the house of love? Um, a spy in the house of love. I would give it a B plus. Okay. I would give it an A minus. And what would you rate haunted? Oh, um, I really liked it this time. I guess a B minus. Okay, I'd give it a B, so we're close. <laughs> we're close. I did think they were both good episodes. And again, as we were talking earlier, this show really helps, even with the first five episodes, to watch from 1 to 12 on a DVD as opposed to watching week to week. Yeah, it's really put me in the mood to want to, uh, to go back and watch the whole series again. And And I think if you will, I think you'll find more like this that you may not have loved on the first watch, but, mm-hmm. you know, as with Buffy and things like that, they only get better as you watch them, you know, episode to episode, back to back on these DVDs. And you really see the smallest things that Josh puts in there to kind of carry you over to the next episode. Things that you maybe wouldn't have noticed mm-hmm. while watching week to week. But yeah, I really like these episodes. And of course, I love Dollhouse. <laughs> Well, to tell you the truth, the reason that I watched Buffy, the only reason I watched, well, I, 
I had known that I'd eventually want to watch Buffy. But the reason that I did was because in season one of Dollhouse, I was so disappointed. Yeah. With the first few episodes. Yeah. It was not what I wanted it to be. And I was like, I've got to. I've got to watch. I know that I know that Joss is a brilliant writer and creator of shows. I know the show is going to be great. So that's why I went and watched Buffy. And Buffy gave me hope for Dollhouse. And it turned and it did. It turned out to be a really great show and too bad that it was so short lived. I know I do hate that because I mean, especially in season two, season one had some great episodes. It had some great moments. But just mm-hmm. season two as a whole, from one to, to 12, for me, or one to 13, I think it had 13 episodes. For me, it just knocked it out of the park each week. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the writers knew that they probably wouldn't get a season three based on the ratings. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just throwing everything they had at it. Yeah. So, um, I thought it turned out well as a series. It almost works as sort of a mini series mm-hmm. to see from episode one to. 26, 27, however many actually aired, I, I thought it worked really well as almost like a little a little thing in itself. It, it wasn't as long as a normal series, but they told the story that they wanted to tell. It may have been a little rushed at times, but mm-hmm. they got to tell these character stories, and we got an end, so I like yeah. that a lot. And I do hope they come out with the comics. I know Dark Horse is thinking of making a Dollhouse series, so I hope that does happen, and we maybe get a little more of the Epitaph 1, Epitaph 2 world to see what happened from the end of Hollow Man to see, you know, to Epitaph 1. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Well, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you tell some people how to get a hold of you? All right. My podcast is Confessions of an Internet Addict, and you can find it at confessionsofaninternetaddict.net. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Steph Smith. And, of course, you can find all my information on 60bcast.net, and you can also follow me on Twitter at 60bcast. Yeah. I have nothing to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. See, I forgot the episode name. (laughs) I'll edit it out. (laughs) Okay. Um, Hey. (laughs) Now, see, I'm nervous. You made me nervous. I know. I made you nervous. (laughs) Hello. No, that sounds horrible. <laughs> oh. No problem. <laughs> oh, God, we're so silly. Oh, lots of editing. Like it. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know I'm the chill. You put me on the spot. <laughs> All right. Yep. even though the rest kind of I don't even know what I'm saying the first one oh we see Victor first Victor's no shoot I don't even know (laughs) like a uh, personnel file to see who there is a tick on me (laughs) hold on just a second (laughs) alright I think that's the that's the drawback of running in the woods you don't ever know what kind of critters you're going to bring in with you She's allowed him to have his own little day, and you find out at the end because it's his birthday. He can do whatever he wants. He. <laughs> that's the wrong this... episode. <laughs> that's Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's all. <on> <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> All right. So finish what you were saying. Good thought. Good thought, though. Oh, Lord, no. I know. I was like, wait a minute. How can be uh, doing that while she's at the NSA building, too? Okay. <laughs> so then, the, I'm getting a lot of uh, spam in my Skype. Really? Uh-huh. It's weird. Oh. Viagra. <laughs> I hope you don't need that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so she's impl- implanted. <laughs> she's. <laughs> oh, there was something else that I wanted to say. I don't remember what it was. It can be the um, the. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out why I wrote Adele does have a head, but I think it's. <laughs> Adele does have a head. <laughs> That's his name, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. What's the word? Oh, sh- oh, I'm horrible. Oh, <laughs> when they haven't. Estranged. Estranged, yeah. So. That was tough. That, that was tough. <laughs>